If you can't say anything nice, then try harder. We'll wait. This is important. You're listening to Under the Citadel. It's a beautiful day, listeners. Which is rather unfortunate, I'd say. I've been in a rotten mood today, and the perfection outside is making it really hard to maintain my slump. Sometimes you just want to feel down, you know? Autumn is a big draw for our fair citadel. Perfectly moderate weather drives most of our population outdoors to lazily socialize. Music festivals, pottery conventions, and street busking all flourish, swathed in the temperate breeze. Tourists migrate from their glum corners of the world to participate in the fun. And that's where the trouble starts. Bat attacks account for the vast majority of hospital cases in the Citadel. Newcomers to our cityscape may scoff at such a silly-sounding public threat. It's this very flippancy that leads people to go out, unprotected, into the night. Remember, this plague has caused pain and heartache in the lives of 80% of our citizens. You are not likely to be the exception. With the recent spike in bad attacks, we at Under the Citadel are issuing a warning. Avoid going out at night. If you must travel under the moon, it's safest to wear a necklace of garlic cloves. They hate that. In a pinch, eating a barrel of onions may do the trick, though this is less advisable. If a stranger comes knocking unannounced in the dead of night, be careful. It might be bats. Under no circumstances are you to invite them into your home until you're sure of their humanity. One popular method is to try shaking the stranger's hand. Bats may be sly, but even they can't mask their leathery wings. If they catch you unaware, these bats are merciless. They'll suck your veins dry. They like to psychologically torture their meals. So expect mind games. My Uncle Mel survived an attack once where a gang of bats convinced him to renounce his family's birthright before maiming him nigh unto death. And Mel was one of the lucky ones. Now, this is nothing new to citizens of the Citadel. These precautions are second nature to all of us, seeping so far into the subconscious that we barely notice the routine. But if you're new here, you may be wondering... Hold on, those traits sound familiar. And you'd be right. These bats do exhibit very similar traits to a certain creature of the night from literary fame. Unfortunately, I am not allowed to say the word that best suits these creatures. It's literally against the law to say vamp... Um... The V word. That's okay to say, right? I think it's okay. For this next part, Robin made me promise to read her copy word for word without any deviation. She says that I sometimes relay the news with a heavy bias. 
Hmm. Well, friendships are built on trust, Robin. And I don't see how sharing my opinion gets in the way of the story. Our listeners are smart. They can decide what's conjecture and what's objective truth. But, alas, a promise is a promise. So here it goes. The original outbreak of rabid bats can be traced back to a certain Alison Lang, M.D., a geneticist and zoologist. Her unique skill set attracted the attention of the Ethical Corporation. For those unfamiliar, the Ethical Corporation is a faceless entity that has its fingers in many pies. They have a stake in nearly every industry, from soda brands to military-grade steel. Their business dealings are notoriously difficult to track due to their use of shell corporations. They also won't disclose a list of their employees. Public statements from Ethical assert that they're always working for the public's best interest, but there isn't substantial evidence for what they actually do. <clears throat> okay, I know I said I wasn't going to editorialize, but I just have to point out that Robin's statements here may actually be a bit leading. Several people have made claims against the Ethical Corporation, but courts have failed to procure any concrete proof of malicious deeds. I'm not disagreeing, just saying. I mean, we have to be fair. Okay, back to it. Alison Lang's case is one of the few glimpses we have into the research side of Ethical Corps. Dr. Lang was commissioned to develop a, quote, super variety of chiroptera. Under the direction of her employers, Dr. Lang engineered a new species of bat. These bats were designed to be large, powerful creatures. While they stand roughly two feet tall, their wingspan is equivalent to that of a grown human. However, their most dangerous quality is their sharp wit. These are killing machines with a penchant for the dramatic. Rumor has it that they can mimic human speech, though no one has ever lived to confirm that claim. It's unclear what the original intention was for designing these monstrosities. Dr. Lang has refused to divulge that information, though she has cooperated with authorities on all other matters. Lang claims that her funding through Ethical Corps was completely contingent on a timely completion of the BAT project, though any direct paper trail connecting them is impossible to trace. Through processes too complicated to elucidate here, Lang did her job only too well. The bats grew cunning, and apparently seduced a poor undergraduate lab assistant into setting them free. Said undergrad vanished without a trace shortly thereafter. Once these super bats were loose, there was no containing their thirst. And the death count rose astronomically. Mass hysteria gripped the public, News outlets coined it as an invasion of, well, an invasion of V-words. The reason we on this show are unable to say the V-word is because of what transpired next. And here's where Robin and I diverge in opinion. A man of my word, I will first read her piece in its entirety. Ahem. The city council recognized a need for swift action, but hotly debated what kind of action to take. People were dying, yes, but their primary concern was the panicked citizens who remained very much alive. 
They placed public blame of the outbreak on Dr. Lang, but that did little to calm people's nerves. Dr. Lang accepted the blame and immediately set to work devising a plan. She worked alongside Dr. Himmelmensch, creating a proposal for the safe and humane capture of each genetically enhanced bat. The proposal was not accepted, partly because of how costly it would be to the city, and partly because the city council did not want to be visibly associated with their scapegoat. To slow the feverish spread of panic, the council made a decision to outlaw the V-word. Suddenly, it became very difficult to discuss the problem at hand. But to everyone's surprise, the rate of attacks fell dramatically after this announcement. Doctors Lang and Himmelmensch were unable to raise funds for a permanent solution, but they were able to utilize cheaper methods of damage control. They printed pamphlets, distributed free garlic necklaces, and raised public awareness of how to avoid such attacks. It's been five years since then. Things settled into a new status quo, and citizens moved on with their lives. For whatever reason, bad attacks have spiked over the last several months, and people are panicking. Getting maimed by bats rose to become the leading cause of death in the Citadel. The city council is looking to take further action. Emboldened by the perceived success of their last attempt, they are proposing to outlaw a whole new set of words. This list includes critical terms such as bat, garlic, and gushing blood. If this censorship passes into law, the health of every citizen is in great danger. We must not impede the dissemination of information. Okay, that's the end of Robin's statement. As I've noted, she and I don't see eye to eye on this matter. Mad scientists cause problems, that's what they do. And giving them any further sanction to enact more plans in the Citadel wouldn't have led to anything good. If anything, it could have spawned something even more terrifying. Like giant radioactive geckos. Or, heaven forbid, a new strain of the bat flu. Robin's piece implies that the ethical corporation is to blame. But they've already been proven innocent in a court of law. Well, beyond reasonable doubt, at least. Besides, they donate a large portion of their funds to public charities. Granted, their books are closed to the public, so we don't really know what percentage of their earnings are donated. I'd interview someone at Ethical Corps if I could, but their entire staff and board of directors are anonymous. For safety reasons, of course. That's just good business, I think. I do think Robin has a point regarding censorship. I support any decision made by the council, obviously. But I don't see how limiting our ability to discuss the issue will do anything but breed confusion. People continue to be maimed by bats, whether we can speak of it or not. Still, we must abide by whatever they decide is right. Listeners, I suggest you take some time to talk about bat safety with your loved ones today. It may not be possible tomorrow.
it hard to speak from my mind Cause who am I to think that I'm right, I'm nine I'm nine Cause when I open my mouth to form words I stand silent cause words often hurt, I
We did it! City Council decided not to ban the word bat from use in the Citadel. Pat yourself on the back, if it's safe for you to do so. Well, correlation does not necessarily imply causation, so I have no idea if our petition had any effect on their decision. But I like to think that it did. In a surprising move, the Council did ban any publication from using a... uh, a different word. Frustratingly, the ban is in immediate effect, so I am not able to announce what the banned word is. I guess, suffice to say, that I will avoid the use of a certain M word from now on. Will this have the desired effect in limiting bat attacks? Probably not. But if it makes the city council and Mayor Jeffords feel more secure, I'm sure it's a good thing. It has to be. Stay tuned for more news, dear listeners. And remember, it's better to wear a garlic necklace than to be necklace. (laughs) All right, listeners, until next time. This has been a production of Real Contender Storytelling. Under the Citadel is written by Bree Porter, with Davy Morrison as the voice of Santino. Original music by Michael Biancardi. You can find the full score on SoundCloud. This episode's featured song was Reality Remains by Venture Motel. Find them on iTunes or Spotify. The Citadel wants you. Join our community on Patreon to get project updates and special member bonuses. Just search for Under the Citadel Patreon. Our podcast has a family. Be sure to check out our other productions at realcontender.com. Thank you.